Hello, everybody. It's Thursday, April 6th, 2017, and you're listening to the Talking Games Podcast. I am Bobby Shortle, and I'm here with Mr. Hugh Perry. Good day. Good day, sir. So it's just the two of us this week. Just the two of us. Now, please don't sing that terrible Will Smith song. Wait, that's not a Will Smith song. Thank you very much. The original was somebody else. Yes, that's true. But you were singing the Will Smith version. Let's not let's not lie. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so yeah, we're on the we're on our non Justin week, which also turned into our non Kelsey and Matt week. Non everybody. Non everybody week. So it is it is the two of us this week. Um, but we have a lot to talk about. We have, we're instituting the beginning of our new format this week. And so we're going to be doing our lightning round, which is three minutes of us talking about a game or games. Um, and then uh, we have some listener questions and some topics we both picked out. Both of ours sort of happened to jump off of our experiences with Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, mm, we, take, yes. we take sort of different, I think, differing views on <laughs> what we think of it um and uh or we're coming out of different perspectives as far as the topics that we spun off i think we both have similar opinions of the game itself um yes. so yeah so we should probably get kicking and getting started right now um but uh-huh. we have we have some time because it's only the two of us so hugh you know how you doing man what, what's going on in life i am very well thank you sir um just plodding along same old i've added yet another game in persona 5 to my um ever-growing list of things i have on the go your huge schizophrenia um, yeah well you know <laughs> <laughs> i have you know flights of fancy well you did send me a photo of your copy and i was just like oh i was trying to avoid the temptation and then i ended up buying it so it's kind kind of your fault. Oh, it's my fault. You're blaming me for you. To be, yeah, um, to be fair, Persona is just the icing on top of the cake in this yes, situation. You are is. playing Zelda. Well, you yeah. we'll, we'll get to Zelda, uh, I guess. You're playing Zelda, playing Zelda. Mass Effect, um, Horizon. Uh, I yes. believe you also bought Ghost Recon. Yes, but I haven't even. I've lit. All I've done with that is install it and download <laughs> the day one patch. I haven't even loaded it up. Okay. So, so and I said to you, like, I am traditionally very bad with starting games and not finishing them, but uh, you make me look like a very focused game player with with right. the way you're jumping around. Here Okay. Making people feel better about themselves. All right. Well, I like it. Well, it's mission, <laughs> mission accomplished on, on that front. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. My attention span is dreadful. <laughs> so why don't we let you jump on and, and get going with this? Um, uh-huh. Let's put three minutes on the clock here. Okay. Uh, and why don't you get started? All right. So firstly, I'm going to talk about Zelda Breath of the Wild, which I finished earlier today absolutely incredible game um the final boss fight i won't spoil anything but visually it's absolutely spectacular um just crazy looking two parts of that fight and i loved it um overall that game is just stunning um like a world with just so much life and so much like 
just keeps giving to you. Like I think I put seventy five hours in when I finished it, and I there's no doubt there's there's more for me to see in that. So I'll I'll be popping back in here and there just to see what I can find. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. Um, I think I follow suit with everybody else. Um, where I gotta say I've it, extremely disappointed in, and I hate to be brutally honest, but it's boring. Um, just characters aren't very interesting. Um, pretty one-dimensional all around. It's like this is the angry guy. This is the woman who's religious. Um the mission structures are all very samey and repetitive and i think in an rpg game that these days is kind of unforgivable like it's like the number one sin in a game of that size um overwatch been jumping back in with a bit of competitive play um it was going really well up until tonight um me and my friend ori won our first four games and as it stands, we are now four and four um, <laughs> because we fully experienced how super OP Bastion is. Um, and it was quite frustrating. But, you know, still love that game. It's awesome and um, it's fun to play, you know, get back into it. Um, and I also randomly, on a whim, started playing the online version of the Pokemon trading card game. <laughs> um which is really, really good fun. And I think I... Um, not that it, it took much in the way of coercion, but um, I got Kelsey to download it as well. Oh, I'm sure um, that was very difficult. Yeah, it was really hard. It took all <laughs> of, like, five minutes. Um, yeah, it's just really good fun. Like, I'm I'm terrible at trading card games. So, you know, it's quite simple, obviously, because it's aimed at, you know, younger players. Um yeah, it's just good, good fun. There's no like in-game. Well, there's an in-game econ- economy, but you, you, can't, I don't think you can pay real money for things. So it's just fun playing it and in cards and you know opening packs and getting new stuff and deck building. So the only problem is it's slightly tempting me to um, buy the physical cards. You can finish. You can finish your your sentence. And. I'm not going to because that's a deep dark hole. Yeah, that is a deep dark hole. The so when you told me about this the other day, I was like, oh, obviously he's playing it on his phone, um, probably on his commute or you know when he's just like not focusing on something else. And <laughs> then you said, oh, but I also have it on the PC, and I was like, Hugh, you need. That's when I said to you, you need to focus. You need block to capital focus. text. You t- finish a game. <laughs> 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 to be fair it had the desired effect i was like okay <laughs> i'm finish zelda then because i've been known to be like okay i'm going to stop playing the game i'm playing and start something new and just forget about that other game but i'm i'm never really the person who's like okay i'm gonna play this game and this game and this game and this game because my brain can't handle that much bouncing around yeah whereas my brain bounces like it's rubber <laughs> All right, so uh, let me put three minutes on the clock for myself and go. So I won't talk much about Mass Effect right here because it ties very heavily into, like I said, my topic, so I don't need to jump in it too much. But I echo what Hugh said. I put about 14 hours into it, and I'm done with it. Uh, I, you know, I tried over the weekend to put time into it and to really push forward and see if I could at least make progress towards the, the story. 
Um, but a couple of things happened in the game, just some bad checkpointing and the encounter design. While the combat is fun, the encounter design is, I think, very uninspired and has that, that I would say outdated mechanic of enemies will keep respawning until you move forward in, in certain areas. And so you could spend literally eternity clearing out enemies in one section of an, a hallway. And until you pushed forward into the next section, they would just keep coming. Uh, so a section like that broke me on it. But like you said, Hugh, character, story, all that stuff, very disappointing. They put out a pre um, a blog post saying all that stuff they're going to fix. And it's, that's very nice. But they could fix every technical issue in the entire game. And it would still be a mediocre and disappointing game. They're, they can't patch the stuff that's wrong with it. Um, which is deep seated into its core, I think. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it more when Justin's back on next week because he's going to finish it. So he's been playing a lot of it. Um, when I let go of the Mass Effect train on Saturday, I freed me up to play other games for the first time. Since really Resident Evil is the first time I've played multiplayer games again. So I had sort of like a, I guess, a jumping around multiplayer a couple of days. I played some Titanfall 2 for the first time in a long time. Uh, I played some Paladins, and I also jumped into some Destiny again. Uh, I won't talk about Destiny because obviously it's Destiny, but we're trying to get together a, a raiding party and level some people up so we can do like a goodbye kind of playthrough of the game and the raids and stuff. Um, so we're working on that. That's why I did that. But uh, Titanfall 2 was fun to get back into. I was terrible at it, of course, uh, but it was my first time playing Paladins on, on console, and uh, just a f quick anecdote. I, I, I found it to be very entertaining and fun. Um, and I like the characters and I like the systems that are going on with it. It lacks the polish of something like overwatch, obviously like it, 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 the gameplay part of it is, is great. And I think a lot of fun, everything around it is just a little bit bland, I would say, but, uh, I was, I just started. So I was playing through it w with a friend and, <laughs> we were we were wrecking and they were like well, i don't understand why we're, we're doing so well usually stuff it's really hard like usually you come up against some really powerful people and then we realized after our last game that because i had just started it was still putting us in games with bots uh until i got I to a certain same. level um and so we felt really good for a little while until we realized that we were just playing against bots but i got to try out some characters and play around and it, it's cool you know it's got some cool characters and and you know i pretty much stuck with you know sort of the soldier 76 style character like the soldier character and then i played Likewise. like the, the Tor torbjorn type character for a little bit um and i tried that one that looks like ratchet uh and rides a horse i mean or i tried the one that looks like ratchet and then I tried the one that's like the diva, which is like the goblin in the mech suit, which I don't know the name. I don't know any of the names of the characters, but uh, I had fun with it. And it's definitely a game I think I'll go back to as, you know, I have breaks in between the big games that I'm playing through. Yeah, it is enjoyable. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a nice change up, you know. I mean, it, it, it will not replace Overwatch for me, but it's a nice little similar game that has enough different about it that it's just a nice, I think, palate cleanser uh, for playing that game. Uh and just quickly, I know time's up, but I just want to say I put a little bit of time into Persona 5. It just came out uh, uh, yesterday when we're recording this. So I, I've only been able to put about two hours into the game, which is like 2% of that game. So I don't feel qualified to talk about it very much yet, but I'm greatly enjoying the style of it so far. It's my, my first 
real try at playing a Persona game. I played a little bit of 4 on the Vita, but I just couldn't sit there on that little screen and play an RPG for that long. Um, so uh, it's my first real try at it. I'm enjoying it so far. Story seems kind of nutso, uh, which is awesome. And the visuals and the style are amazing. So. Yeah. Like, and, it, it is cool. Yes. Like, I, I think that's a, a good adjective for it. Like, visually, it's just got so much flair and there's just so much attitude about it. Yeah. And like you say, it is... It, you hit this point and it just goes crazy. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think it's probably just going to get more and more crazy. I think I've hit just over three hours in it okay. um, as of earlier on. Um, so, so you're a little farther than I am. Yeah. In it. And it still it still feels very much like it's kind of in the um the training wheels are on we'll show you like we're running you through the opening like the prologue more or less. Yes. Um like I said, I don't know if that's what it is, but it's still showing me like tutorials and stuff, so it still very much feels like it's you know the prologue and waiting to actually like kick itself off properly but yeah it's it's cool it's really fun oh it's for sure what it is because like the first the first i said the first hour of the game is completely training wheels like you're basically just going from place to place and it's constantly telling you go to sleep now pick up this thing now do this thing now it's getting used to the systems and the world and i i will say to people starting it out who maybe also never played one of these games it is very much a JRPG, so it is. It's the beginning is slow. It starts you off. I mean, the very beginning is very action packed, but once they kind of once you get out of the prologue, it's very slowed down. And, and this is a game that's going to you need to be in it for the long haul, I would say. So just be prepared for, like you said, um, the training wheels to be on for a little while. Yeah. And just know with Persona is that. The, the dungeons and the and the monster and the and and all that stuff is, is are big parts of it but also a big part of the persona series is going to school every day and you know cleaning up at home and doing a job and all this kind of stuff so it has crazy anime awesomeness in it but it's also a, very much about the little things so if you're not into that stuff maybe read some about the game and stuff like that yeah yeah. The one thing I will say so far it always like it always feels like the stories going like pretty much every conversation you have there's relevance to the story. Um some of them with like you know like the main the main character like the guy he's staying with like you just keep having very similar conversations with him which get a little bit um repetitive and annoying. But for the most part, pretty much every time you're speaking to somebody, it's it's relevant stuff. It's you know dialogue that keeps pushing character development and the story forward. So it's in that respect, I I really like the fact that they you know keeping it moving that way. But yeah, it, it is very much sort of like I better get up. I need to be on time for school. I need to get to the train station. But yeah, but moving around the world is cool as well because the the environment so far. Are, pretty sweet yeah and i mean i like all that stuff that i'm not saying that as a derogatory thing against the game i like that stuff um but you know unlike it's not a game about just going out and fighting you know so so people should know that going into it but what what i have liked is a that guy you're staying with is looks seems like a giant 
dickhead. Um, yeah, he's a massive wanker. He says very strange things like, "I don't usually let men sit in my front seat," or "I don't, I don't, I don't make it a habit of writing down men's cell phone numbers." Um, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he's Mike Pence. Maybe he is Mike Pence. Yeah, he <laughs> only, only no, but the opposite though. It would be the opposite. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he seems like the opposite of Mike Pence. Um, mirror universe. Mike mirror Pence. universe, Mike Pence. Uh, but, uh, and, you know, it seems like, and again, I don't know if this is just because it's like a teenage perspective, but it seems like everyone is sort of against you as the main character. And even though the thing that you, you did, like they said it for the story, the thing you did, you didn't do anything really wrong. You actually did something really right. Um people treat you like you're like a, a criminal of some kind. So I'm interested to see, I've heard that the game has a lot of social commentary and stuff in it. So I'm interested to see how that all starts to develop and go on. I do love the setup of the game though. I love stories that are told in flashback the way that, that, that it's, it's done. So it's, it's a very cool start. I'm sure we'll be talking about this game for months to come because it's, a, it's supposed to be hundred hours easy, you know? So, We'll, we'll, we'll probably be talking about it for a long time, and I'm sure next week we'll have put some more time into it. Or at least I don't know how much time he will put into it because he has 11 other games he has to put time into. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I'll probably find more. <laughs> um, so anyway, so yeah. So Persona 5 seems cool. I've been waiting for it for a long time. I, I've really wanted to get into the series, and finally I feel like I'm going to be able to. So excited about that one. Um, mm-hmm. Let's hit up our, our, our first... Um, listener question which actually kind of folds right into my segment um so i think we'll, we'll do those kind of two things together um so sam suvak right into us and she asks she says i recently finished part one of night in the woods and i'm not that into it uh normally at this point i would likely stop playing but since bobby and justin endorsed this so fervently, i'm gonna keep going a little while longer two-part question for us how long do you normally give a game before you decide it's not for you and stop playing are there any games that you didn't care for at first that maybe even or even maybe or even maybe gave up on, but then came back to later and ended up really enjoying? Um, which was crazy. This question came in yesterday because I had written in as my topic, and Hugh and I talked about this beforehand, which was um, how do you decide when you're done with a game? It could be when it's worn out, it's welcome after you finish the story, when you feel like you've mastered it. Um, and I'm bringing this up because of Mass Effect. So. Um, you know, my my sort of topic includes the idea of you played the maybe all of the maybe you enjoyed the game and played a lot of it, you know, um, but at a certain point, you know, you didn't do everything and and you just finished it, or the situation with Mass Effect, which is you just hard gave up on it. So, Q, when let's do, let's break down let's use Sam's questions as as sort of um, an outline for this. Mm-hmm. How long do you normally give a game before you decide it's not for you and stop playing? Um, well, the first thing I take into account is how much I'm expecting, how long overall I'm mm. expecting the game to take. So with Mass Effect, 30 to 40 hours. Um, and similar to you, I think I got to maybe like 16 hours. Um, and I same much like I think my experience with the game is very, very similar nigh on identical to yours i just got to the point where i was like this isn't for me i one thing that bugs me in games especially of that size is repetition um 
and it just there was no hooks that I there was no threads that I felt like I really f- wanted to follow um and also to a certain point with that game as well um the way it just just constantly throw stuff at you can kind of even though like a lot of the side quests are like incidental and don't aren't really necessary it can kind of make it feel a little bit overwhelming mm-hmm. um because you just end up with this journal just like with this stack of side quests and you know in, Z- in Zelda there's plenty of side quests but you know you never feel like you're like oh I'm I'm juggling all this this stuff where do I start um and I think that can that can be detrimental to a game as well um yeah one of the best things about Zelda right is the fact that it doesn't surface everything that you could be doing at one time yeah so you don't have to feel overwhelmed and I know for some people that's a detriment for them because they like the list that they can check off as they go but for mm-hmm. me um and I agree with you 100% on Mass Effect there's a point where you like you have a million side quests to do and every situ- every place you walk into everyone has an exclamation point over their head and it just becomes overwhelming because you just have you have folders within folders within folders of side quests to play through and it does sort of feel like I'm never going to get through what this game wants me to get through so yeah. I, I totally agree. Overall time I expect to spend with the game or need to spend with the game to finish it is definitely a factor for me in um, in when I give up on, on a game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... I think how, like, how technically good the game is for me as well matters a lot and i'm gonna keep using mass effect as an example and i'm apolo- i i apologize to people who enjoy the game um but i think like with a triple a game like mass effect where um the experience is a big part of it i i found this really really big disconnect in that like that game some one thing i will say is some of the design in that game is stunning like when you go underground into the vault um on eos and there's like you're running around and you're running across bridges and they're building themselves as you go in it looks spectacular and i was just i was playing it i was like whoa this is this is fucking cool um and then there's a part where you do something and there's like this sort of body of water in front of you and he's like pylon pillar things whatever you want to call them start coming up out of this lake and i was just like well that's really cool and then after about like a 10 second gap one of the characters went whoa there's something coming out of the lake and i was just (laughs) like it just completely took me out of the moment um so like that's a recent example but i do think things like that can also be like so um de- detrimental to a moment in a game that they can they can remove you from that that feeling you're having for it at that moment and i think that's a big factor as well yeah i mean and- let, let's say let's say not let's let, let's let's say it's a game mass effect is a big game obviously mass effect is like a 40 hour uh at the minimum probably game to really play through the story and the side missions um, yeah probably you know maybe a little shorter but but probably that that long 
let's say it's a 15 to 20 hour game who when would you normally kind of give up on a game like that or do you normally stop playing games that you're not enjoying or do you make do you sort of do you try to power through games if you think you can finish them um generally with shorter games yeah i will unless it's bad like really bad uh, I'll persevere and, you know, 10 to 15 hour games, I'll, I'll usually do my best to get through. Um, and normally with me, I'll I'll probably hit like a 15 hour point in a game pretty damn quick after it's come out anyway. So for me, that's you're looking at like a couple of days. Like I, I would anticipate by the end of this week, I'm I'm I may have I'll probably be like 15 20 hours into persona um so unless it's like you know the story's really bad or it's just the, you know the gameplay's shonky and just doesn't feel good then yeah generally with shorter games i'll i will stick with them to the end so i i, I do think the overriding factor with for me personally is that sort of watershed of where i start playing it um heavily when i first get it and whether or not it grabs me to the point where i'll keep going back to it like zelda i got i hit that sort of like 20 hour point and i was i was just itching to keep going um like going into that game just excited me because it was just so much to do see you know, and even if it, even if you don't progress the main story, you you feel like you're seeing new stuff, you're doing new things, you're, you know, getting new armor and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I honestly do think, from a personal standpoint, the the size of the game is the kicker. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's it also depends, right? Because if you spend sixty dollars on a game you're probably going to give it more of a shot than a game that you rent or borrow or that you spent 15 or $20 on. You know, if, if you play a game that costs $20 and you don't like it after two hours, you're probably gonna be like, okay, I'm just going to stop because like, I, you know, I, I, I tried it, I got what I could out of it and now I'm just going to move on. But a game that you spent $60 on, you're probably going to give a little bit more time to, and that's usually how I feel about it. Um, you know, for me, uh, it, the first the, Mass Effect is a special case because Mass Effect is a game a franchise that I absolutely adore and love and really wanted to like, you know, I really wanted to keep going with that game and love that game and, and end up, you know, finding a diamond in the rough, you know, and I wanted people to be wrong about what Mass Effect was, you know, what, mm. what Mass Effect Andromeda was. And they weren't for me. The game disappointed me majorly, but, um, you know, uh, for a lot of games, like, you know, I get fatigued with open world style games very quickly, you know, the kind of standard Ubisoft model open world game. So stuff like Watch Dogs 2, um, you know, I just, I, I couldn't get into, you know, I, I, I got to a certain point and then sort of had to stop because uh, I just, I was like, okay, this is, I can see the fun here. You know, I can see what's fun about this, but I can't, you know, keep going. Um and uh and so stuff like that is like it's it's tough right i mean i i i can recognize that game has qualities that are good but that style of game doesn't 
interests me a a, a, a huge amount. Um, same thing happened with Mafia Three for me. You know, I just I started it, and then I just once I got into sort of the standard open world stuff, I I just moved off of it. And that's happened to me a lot over the years with games like that. And which and now I've gotten to a point where I'm very wary of games like that when they come out. You know, because even if they're very well reviewed games, I my kind of thought is if that style of like open world crime game, if I can't get into GTA, like I'm, I'm probably not going to get into any of them because if you can't get into the best one, the, the ones that are very good, but not the best are probably not going to do it for you. So for me with GTA that, and for me, those style of games that I always end up bouncing off, but I always try them. So I'm always putting like four or five or six hours into them and then just jumping away from them. Um, but for me, that's, that's probably the timing for me. If, if I'm not into it, by six hours, then I'm probably going to be not playing it. Um, it's similar with games that if I feel like I'm playing them and this is, doesn't count the souls games. Cause this is, this is the reasoning behind them. But if I'm playing a game and I don't feel like I'm progressing, like it happened, happened to me with dishonored where I, I felt like I would play for two hours and get nowhere. And so even though I appreciated what it was doing, I was like, I can't, I walk away from this and feel like I haven't done anything and I can't, stay with that. So that's a big part of it for me. Um, and, and really, you know, obviously longer games, like a game like Fallout 4. When I realized I was interested in Fallout 4, I probably stopped playing it long before I would have stopped playing a shorter game because I was like, there's a hundred hours staring me in the face and I'm bored after eight of them, you know? So I, I probably walked away from it. But for me, it doesn't really matter. Like I didn't finish Call of Duty Black Ops 3 and that's a six or seven hour game. You know, I played three hours of it and was like, yeah, I'm good. You know, so it really depends on the game. Um, sorry, it really doesn't depend on the game for me. My interest level is my interest level. And if I don't, if it's not fulfilled for me, um, I'll usually drop off. Uh, now, like Sam said, if there's something you suggest something really highly to me, I'll try to give it more of a shot because, you know, I, if someone's opinion I trust, I will try to go with it a little bit more. But usually I feel like my, my impressions after three or four hours are, are pretty, pretty much what they're going to be. Um, and if a game angers me in any way, like makes me go like, fuck this game, you know, like and I feel like the game's wasting my time, then I'll give it up quicker because I just, we, there's too much to play and too much stuff I want to do. I can't, it, it, unless it's a game like the Souls games, which are hard to be hard or like a, a roguelike or something like that, which are, that's what you know what you're going in. If I feel like the game itself is its mechanics are stopping me from progressing, then I'm out. Like I just I can't I don't have the patience for it anymore. Um, to that end, you are there games that you gave up on early and then came back to and ended up enjoying? Um, I th I think the main one for me with that would probably be. Dark Souls 2 I I think because um I got that game on the back of like um you talking about it and a couple of my friends and um I think it was just my own naivety more than anything I went into it thinking I could just go in with my sword swinging and just breeze through it and uh, I was wrong <laughs> so yeah, I kind you know I kind of got like pissed off with it and um, a bit fed up, 
and then after listening to people talk about it and you know the the type of game it is and um how best to play it i was like all right i'll go in and i'll try i'll try and play it as it should be played and not incorrectly like i was doing before um and then i never finished it but once i um found my feet in that game and realized that you know you've dying is just it's a a mechanic in the game you've said it before yourself Mm -hmm. and you know it's about learning more or less getting to the point where where you know what's coming and you're just like right i'm going around this corner this guy's here kill him move on and then discovering what's ahead of you and then I just started finding it really, really rewarding. I mean, it did, it did get to the point where I was just finding it too difficult to enjoy it anymore, and that was when I, I, I quit. But I got enough out of it for me to say, yeah, that's a, a really good game, and I can understand why people love that series of games. So I think Dark Souls is is probably the the big one for me i think in that respect yeah and i think it's the same thing for me honestly hugh i mean i think that your first experience with the souls games is most people's first experience with the souls games of any type which is that when i when i first heard of demon's souls i was like i do not understand why people would want to be playing this game like when when it was explained to me about the mechanics about dying and then losing all your stuff and then having to go back and find it again if you you know all this kind of stuff and all enemies come back you know i was like and it was punishingly hard i i i, I was like i don't i don't want to play this game this seems like exactly the opposite of the kind of game that i would ever want to play and then dark souls came out and um it came out the first year that we did talking comics actually and Steve was very adamant about how great they were. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try to play it. And I had the same exact experience that I thought I was going to have with Demon's Souls, which was, I was like, forget this. Like, I, I, I haven't gotten anywhere. I feel so frustrated. And then it was actually watching on the internet someone else play Dark Souls that I went back to it and played it again. And then I found that thing when I started understanding that aspect of it to not think of, not think of dying as a punishment but think of it as just what the game does. I was able to um, find my love for that series. And it's a big one for me um, as a series in general. That That's a huge one. I will say too, a couple of years ago, Shadow of Mordor, I played like the first couple of hours of it. And then when it first came out and then I was like, okay, this seems fine, but it seems like a open world game with like Batman clone combat, you know, and then, and I walked away from it for a couple of months, and then we got such good reviews, and we were getting close to game of the year time, and I was like, you know, I should play it. And then I played through it and absolutely fell in love with it. So that's one of a, a singular singular game that I didn't think I was gonna like that I ended up loving. Um, so yeah, that, that those are the big ones for me. And they're like the Souls games you mentioned, Hugh, not beating them, and, and and for me, I've never beat any of them. But it's never, but it's exactly the reason you said. I feel like I get to a point where I'm like, okay. I've had my fun with this game. I've had my time with it. Uh, and I'm just done with the the punishment loop that the game sort of yeah. doles out. And that's what, the, what makes those games great. So I would never want them to be easier or to change, you know. But at a certain point, I'm just like, okay, I'm good now. But I never feel like I didn't get my money's worth or that I didn't enjoy it. Because when you take down an enemy you can't take down in those games, there's nothing more satisfying in video games than those moments. N- nothing. When you take down that boss that you have tried to beat for the last two and a half hours, um, 
it feels amazing. And, and so, yeah. and, and I'm also a big proponent of like, when I'm done with the game, even the game I'm enjoying, I'm done with it. And like, like Skyrim, I never finished the story in Skyrim. I put a hundred hours into Skyrim, you know? And I was like, I think, I think I've gotten what I want to get out of this game. So, you know, even in the positive side, I'm not the kind of person who feels a, I guess, an overwhelming need to necessarily see credits on a game. Of course, it feels good to get that, but for most, for a lot of games, unless they're heavily story-based or I'm heavily in, invested in their story, I'm fine just playing as much as I get enjoyment out of them for. Yeah, so. and I, th- I, I think if you if you play a game until it's overstayed its welcome, then you just, you just kind of you end up going, you know, coming back on yourself and souring your like experience of it anyway. Like you say, unless there's something hooking you that you want to see how the story concludes itself and you know let's face it dark souls games aren't exactly story driven for some people they are though i don't want to i don't want to um <laughs> don't want to anger the but dark yeah souls there is lore there fans. but yeah. you know you've got to go looking for it yes you do um you know so yeah like you say if if you get to the point where you know again using dark souls as an example it starts off and it's it's really bloody frustrating but you find your feet, you start getting good at it, and it becomes really rewarding. But then it, you know, the difficulty as you're going along ramps up. And it, you know, it can get to a point where you're just like, this is too fucking hard, and it's just annoying the hell out of me. And if you keep trying and trying and trying and banging your head against the wall, all you're going to remember that game for is just making you pissed off. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, exactly. I think, you know, there is, you've, you know, there is that sort of like, yeah, I've, I've hit my limit with this now. I, I, I've enjoyed it. I'm starting to plateau, so I should just stop. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I asked on Twitter this question, um, and we got three responses. One from uh, Michael Zadro, who says, Depends, The Last Guardian had terrible controls, so I gave up on it pretty quick. But I have a game, um, but I give a game a couple of hours to try and grab me. Uh, and I actually agree. I, I started Last Guardian and played it for a while, and then the controls just got the better of me. Um, and that was one of those wasting time things. I, I took me forever to climb up this thing because of like the wonky platforming controls, and then I took one wrong step and fell down the the structure, and I had to reclimb it. And I was like, no, I think I'm done. Um, uh, Cody Cody Tietrich says I gave up on Bloodborne after 30 minutes. So we're talking that's it's the same kind of Souls discussion. That, that we're having and mm. anybody who knows Cody um, knows that Cody does not like to be frustrated with things uh, he doesn't and Justin said I never give up which is why you have Justin so angry all the time about games what a, yeah what a hero what a hero yeah he never <laughs> gives up except he didn't finish Metal Gear 5 even though he was enjoying it or Doom so I, I think you do give up Justin all right he never gives up apart from when he quits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, let's, let's move on to our second listener question that, that ties right in, Hugh, to uh, actually your topic. Um, uh-huh. So this, this is from Megs, and she says, Hi, guys. First up, love the podcast. Makes my Friday worth it. Here's my question. Why do game developers or whoever is in charge of the release date allow them don't, uh, don't allow them enough time to get the game right? Let me read that again with proper sentence structure. 
why do game developers or whoever is in charge of release dates, why don't they allow them enough time to get the game right and then find themselves putting out a game that's not yet fully finished? Keep up the good word. Good work, Megs. And um, this ties right into your topic, you, which I don't know if you want to re- read out what, what topic you sent, to, sent me uh, for this week. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think off the back of Mass Effect, but it's it's something I, I sort of think about as a gamer anyway. Um, just thinking, like, AAA games, um, are we, as consumers, who demand especially with some franchises like a yearly turnover of games like um say for example like people demand a yearly assassin's creed game like obviously they're kind of breaking with that formula now um you know yearly like sports games are probably the the biggest ones for doing it you know fifa pro evolution soccer madden nhl um wwe so on and so forth um are they, you know, is that demand for a version of that game every year driving down or, you know, can be, you know, put to blame as being the reason why some games just didn't turn out to be, like, train wrecks? Like, um, what was the last the last Assassin's Creed game? And it was just No, that one buggy... was good. Syndicate, Syndicate was oh, awesome. was the one before. Unity was the one before, Unity. wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Where Unity. it was just an absolute buggy mess. Yes. Um, um, yeah. And you know, and I, I also think that um, games that are established franchises do that. They also contribute to, for want of a better way of putting it, sort of lazy game making. So. Um, you know, like I, I think I look at again. Sorry, Mass Effect fans or Andromeda fans. I am a Mass Effect fan. Um, it just feels to me, considering the volume of time that they had between Mass Effect Three and this game, the there's it just f- feels like a lazy effort to me. Yeah, well, I want to. I, uh, before we go on, I want to say like I don't want to call the people who developed Mass Effect Andromeda lazy. Like I think. Oh, that, not at all. I mean, I, it, I think it's that just... that's like that. That's we don't know what the development process is like on a game like Mass Effect Andromeda. I'm sure there were people working twenty hour days, seven days a week at some points to get that thing done. I, oh, I think course, there was, yeah. there, there's error in the design there, and there's probably a problem with the pipeline and the way in which they got their work done um, and, and the the date they had to hit. And we don't know if that comes from Bioware internal. We don't know if that comes from EA as as a as a, as a publisher and saying it has to be out this day. We don't care. Um, I, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that most of what made Bioware up left, you know, at at a certain mm-hmm. point. Um, I I, I want to stay away from the word lazy because that's saying well, like they don't they didn't care. Uh, no, and, I don't. And mean, I, don't I, think did, that's I didn't the case. mean it in that way. I yeah. meant it's kind. Of, it's turned out to be a mediocre game, and yes. I'm just thinking whether whether that franchise existing and that framework being there mm-hmm. did was there an element of you know kind of resting on their laurels and kind of trying to give people more of the same or something like that. Like, right, right, right. Yes. FIFA every year for me is um 
up until well i did buy fifa 17 and i i don't know why um because you're part of the problem you yeah true yeah there you go um like every year there is a con it's a continual sort of this year there's this problem with it um people complain about it it gets fixed next year something and then something else goes by the wayside and then i look at a franchise like um battlefield and they had a break between um which was the one before was it hardline before battlefield one uh yeah but that's that was last year like not last yeah. year that was 2015 and yeah battlefield so 1 they had you know they were putting out battlefield games out pretty much every year and then they took a year break because they i think partly because they were working on star wars battlefront y yes yeah i mean battlefront I is, is taking the place of doing a battlefield every year yeah yeah and battlefield one came back and by all accounts you know i i played hardline and battlefield 4 and they're fun games but for me battlefield 1 as a game seemed to benefit a hell of a lot from just there being that little bit of extra time behind it um so i just i just wonder whether you know and, and gamers are no notoriously um vitriolic about like many things so i kind of wonder whether the consumers being so like fervent and sort of just more or less scare developers into saying right we've got to have this game out at this time however it looks however it plays it's got to be that's the street date and that's final because the amount of times you see a game delayed for like three months and people go off the rails um is crazy and it happens with you know if if a big title gets delayed like the amount of times justin says he's expecting um red dead to get put back until next year um but i i personally would would rather see that happen and for red dead to be like absolutely nailed because let's face it if that game turns out to be mediocre it'll be incredibly disappointing because it's it's a great franchise um so yeah i just it, it just makes me wonder whether whether there is just a too much haste to just keep churning games out that possibly causes a drop in quality sometimes yeah you i know. mean i i will i will say that i think that there's a quote from Shigeru Miyamoto that it's a pretty famous quote. Um, he said that a delayed game is eventually good. A bad game is bad forever. Um, and that's always been Nintendo's philosophy. And that's why you see they don't give a shit when, when, when it comes to games, how they're releasing them and how they end up getting delayed and all that kind of stuff. But what, what I will say is that I think that, well, let's leave sports titles out of this equation because they're going to come out every year no matter what happens. They're never going to yeah. take a break. That's just the way it goes. That's their business model. That's what people, but also that's what people want. Like, people want the new game every year. Um, you know, people who care about, like, the changes in FIFA every year as far as, like, does it take a large leap forward 
are much as a much smaller group of people and the people who just want the the game with the new rosters every year. You know, same thing with Madden, same thing with that, all those kind of things. And for the most part, those are pretty good games. Like you never see those games. The, most of those games are never train wrecks because um, they've got their cycle down. You know, the worst thing you can say about those games is they don't break new ground. Um, as far as you know. Again, like Mass Effect, it's Mass Effect is a special case, right? Because Mass Effect, Mass Effect Three came out five years ago, and so it wasn't like Mass Effect Andromeda was two years after, uh, you know, Mass Effect Three or something like that. There's been five years. What happened in the background? How many times it started and stopped? What that game was and then then wasn't whatever, whatever. Who knows? Um, we do know that the team that made Mass Effect Andromeda was a team that made Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. I don't think they'd ever made a full game, like a full, certainly on a game this size before. Um, so th- there's that. Uh, you know, my sense with Mass Effect 3, and again, this is going just off my gut instinct, Mass Effect Andromeda, sorry, going off my gut instinct is that the game was having problems. At a certain point, EA just said, look, we're putting it out in March of 2017. So whatever is done is done and you'll put the game out and cause we need to get it out before the, the fiscal year is over. Uh, and so, and, and I always knew like, look, when we had, when we passed E3 this past year, I can remember saying to Justin, I was like, Mass Effect is not coming out in March. We didn't see anything at E3 Mass Effect. We saw a CG video with some, shots of people working at computers, you know, like that, that's like something you show two years before something comes out, not six months before it comes out. Uh, and they didn't show, they showed, they didn't show it again. They had another event where they didn't show it. And I was like, there's no way we are now, it was like September. I was like, we're th- four months away from this game coming out. There's no way that it's coming out in March. And then they were just like, Nope, it's coming out in March and we're putting it out. And I think that they decided it was coming out and it wasn't ready and they put it out anyway. And that's what I feel about this. You can see from all the patching and stuff that they're doing that it was basically putting out a game in early access, but calling it a full retail game. That's what it feels like to me. Um, but I also think it's the fact that like they tried, to, they took the Mass Effect formula and tried to blow it up into a Dragon Age size game. And I don't think they had the content to fill that. You know, and I, I don't think they had the time or the expertise to craft interesting mission design. Um, and they might get there, you know, these, I'm sure there's a lot of talented people who work there, but this game was not it. Um, you know, the, the yearly franchise thing, which uh, Activision kind of started and then Ubisoft sort of perfected in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I, I think it's games that are special cases, you know, Assassin's Creed for the most part had pretty good games, you know, like it, it, it three was a misstep for them, but not technically just sort of, it was sort of boring, um, four, four was great. And then unity was like hot garbage on, on all accounts, technically. And apparently from a gameplay story perspective, but then it got right again with syndicate. So it's like, uh, I, I don't know how their structure works. That makes them be able to do that. I know there's like 7,000 people who work on every mass effect game. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't I'm not mass effect, uh, Assassin's Creed game. So I don't know how that works out for them. Uh, you know, I, I think, of course, every developer probably wants six more months to work on their game, you know, than they probably have. At a certain point, things have to ship. You know, at a certain point, you, have, you, you can't keep going forever. There are only, there are very few developers 
and publishers who can make that happen. Nintendo was one of those people. Nintendo was basically like, we're going to put Zelda out when we want to put Zelda out, when it's ready to go. And, and then and they did. But they have essentially infinite time and money to put out their games. Um, and some places just don't have that. Uh, it's unfortunate for us as consumers because we end up playtesting games in, 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 in a lot of sense that we pay $60 for. Uh, I mean, look at No Man's Sky. That game was not ready to be a full retail game the day it came out but it was because there was a lot of money and expectations behind that game and to answer meg's question that is the reason why games come out when they come out and they're not ready it's because of expectation and money involved you know you, you at a certain point delaying a game for a company like activision is way more detrimental to them than than just putting it out and dealing with some bad pr for a little while um and then sometimes it's because they don't believe in a game and they just want to they just want to get rid of it. They just want to get it off the books so they can stop putting money into its development and to and to keeping it off store shelves, put it out and let it die. And that's sometimes what they do, you know. And you know, it's unfortunate for us because again, we end up buying games that suck um, and are, aren't ready to to be played. Uh, I, I I would I would almost always hesitate to blame the developer a lot of the time because developers often have the least amount of say over when their game actually comes out on shelves that is dictated by the people who publish th those games um there there are, of course there are outliers like the rockstar guys like they can do whatever they want because those games sell 100 million copies and make billions of dollars so 2k basically says like yeah yep it's late a year well okay like, fine, I'd rather just come out when it comes out. Uh, you know, Bethesda guys are the same way. Bethesda Game Studios, like the Todd Howard team, the Fallout and Skyrim people. But it's it's also our fault, though. Like you said, Hugh. Like, it's, it's partly our fault because if you buy that yearly game every year, then you're telling them you're doing the right thing. And we talk about this all the time back in the comic book days when we talked about comics all the time. The same thing. Like, if you, if you buy the events... They're going to keep putting out the events. It's just what's going to happen because they don't care what people online complain about. All they care about is what those sales numbers say. So, because yeah. I, I look at, um, like, I'm not a Call of Duty player because I just don't enjoy that more sort of arcade style. Like, for me, Titanfall in of that type of futuristic shooter feels like a much better game. But I know people who are like rabid call of duty fans and it seems to me like there's just been this year in year out um in terms of the multiplayer anyway i know um infinite warfare's um campaign was fairly well received mm -hmm. um but pretty much everybody i know who's big into playing call of duty online um pretty much to a person has said that this year's version is mediocre um but it still sells like crazy um yes but i mean their sales have been going down like it's been a pretty yeah. steady decline since uh black ops 2 i think was yeah, the last one that like did really really well sales wise mm. i mean they all did really well sales wise but i'm saying for call of duty did like uh we did better than last time yeah sort of so sales numbers you know that again shows that you know to the to the people who are playing these games has their thirst for it being released every year 
just basically turned it like just the law of diminishing returns you just keep getting this thing every year and it's the quality of it is is dropping and the rumors are now that after them um looking at what battlefield have done with battlefield one that they're gonna like strip it back and make it more um realistic and have it possibly world war Two based yes. to try and get that f- like fan base back but well, to be fair i mean if the if the call of duty game that's coming out this year is world war Two based they made that decision three years ago you know like that quite possibly yeah i mean it, it, almost definitely because they have three studios working on call of duty games sledgehammers treyarch and infinity ward and they each take a year now so hmm. sledgehammer made infinite warfare i mean infinite warfare advanced warfare which came out in 2014 so i'm imagining that as soon as they finished that game they started planning this year's game and of course some of that might have changed over the years but i i i would hesitate to call it a reaction to battlefield one fair enough yeah um but yeah i just think again like well with you saying that with like rotating um developers and studios and stuff like that that you just kind of lose that that consistency um so yeah i mean again i i use fifa as a as an example i just think that game has just been for for a good few years now like as someone who has been playing like football games since the day the very first fifa came out for super nintendo the last few years that game has just become increasingly mediocre in my eyes um and like pro evolution soccer did the same as well that game just just became like like churning it out every year just became just a really poor simulation of 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 the sport but then they stripped it back, rebuilt it from from scratch, and now Pro Evolution Soccer is a great game again because they spent more time on it. Whereas for years they were just using the same engine, the game felt the same all the time, and it just became, you know, just another, you know, just throwing it out there with updated teams and so on and so forth. So, you know, that's that's my thinking behind it. Is just sometimes it's apparent that having these franchises just throwing games out every year can lead to them and there's a lot of examples of it just slowly becoming you know just going through the motions um and more or less being like to me anyway looking at it as and it's quite a cynical viewpoint obviously but there probably is a certain amount of truth in it from like the higher ups in the companies who just want to see the the zeros on their bank accounts um is just they're putting them out just as money makers not you know uh, there's no quality control they just want to get it out there for for sales more than anything else yeah i mean um, that's how the money people that's what always they're going to want it's up to them the yeah. creative people to manage that into something that works and I, I will say this i've played every single call of duty game that's come out since call of duty 4 and um because i like i usually like the campaigns i think they're usually pretty fun um but and and i think to me the 
the the problem with putting something out every year is mainly the just thing that no matter how good they are, after a certain amount of time, it's a law of diminishing returns because people are going to just get bored. Because like I I doubt that the the multiplayer in Infinite Warfare is really any worse than the multiplayer from the year before or the year before that. I just think of the point where people go like. They start liking the things they like about the multiplayer, and then when it changes, or it's just the same, it just becomes like, okay, it's just the same thing. And so it looks worse to your eyes, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, the Call of Duty franchise is easy to obviously pick on because they put it out every year. But I think in general, they've been pretty consistent about quality over those years. And I'd say that Advanced Warfare was great. You know, when it came out in 2014, it was awesome. Um, will they ever be my favorite games of the year? No, definitely not. But I think that... Um, they usually are pretty high quality, but it's the same thing as Assassin's Creed. But it, it, when it comes to a point, you're like, okay, like I want, that's great that they're good or they're very good, but I, I want something new. And I think that that's the problem that everything runs into with, with the yearly stuff. Um, and then some, some stuff like Mass Effect Andromeda is just disappointing and it took five years to make. So sometimes there is no rhyme or reason to, to what it is. Um, and, and you never know. And, yeah, so I think that's that's pretty much that in a nutshell and answer to Meg's question as well. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's going to pretty much do it for our episode as well. Uh, our new format working out, I think. Um, we, you know, generally we'll have more listener questions, but there's only two of us, so we kind of split it up with two listener questions in between our two topics. And in a lot of ways, the topics and listener questions, and not even on purpose, were heavily linked. It just was... I think kismet for us that those two questions yeah. came in. That's how much of a well-oiled machine we are. That's true. It's absolutely in touch true. with the listeners. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at talking underscore games, and uh, email us games at talkingcomicbooks.com if you want to send us a, a question or or comment about the show. Please, please, please review us on iTunes. Um, it's the best way to get. Uh, the word about the show out there it gets us higher in itunes rankings it's awesome and, and the best thing you can do um subscribe to our youtube channel uh if, if you can and, and friend us on whatever game console you're playing on all our information is in the show notes uh below the the, the podcast and um my personal twitter at bobby shortle hugh i am at h underscore paz and uh, next week, uh, Justin will be back, and I think the full crew will be back. So we'll have lots to talk about, lots of Persona and Justin grumpy Mass Effect thoughts. Uh, and next week, Justin and I are starting our Let's Play series of Resident Evil 7, uh, which is going to be, I think, part of a larger Let's Play series just about horror games in general uh, that Justin came up with a great name for, which I will let him talk about and say on the show next week i'll give him the credit i I really really look forward to hearing him squeal yeah me too me too uh i'm fun sitting next to him so we're gonna play resident evil 7 and then i think after that we're gonna play until dawn so i'm gonna finally make justin play until dawn which he'll he'll do complaining the whole way such a good game it's a great game it was our game of the year two years ago it was yeah <laughs> so and justin has been cranky about that ever since um all right but until then thank you hugh thank you bobby and thank you to everyone who was listening until next time be good to one another <laughs>